Second to that is that your, your diet should be a high protein and a high fiber diet, both of those, okay? Uh, there are people on both sides of the equation there, right? Carnivores essentially tell you that all foods that have fiber, which are plant-based foods, are horrible for you, which is complete horseshit, not true, right? The opposite is true as well. There are people in the vegan community. They don't necessarily say that eating protein is bad for you, but they don't eat any animal-based foods, which again is very restrictive, and it's also by nature a lower protein diet, okay? So if you want to feel satiated and less hungry, you should be eating more protein and fiber because those two nutrients are the most satiating nutrients, okay? On a per calorie basis, if you have 100 calories of protein versus 100 calories of like refined carbohydrates or 100 calories of dietary fat, you're gonna feel fuller for longer consuming the 100 calories of protein. What's up everyone? Welcome back to the show. I hope you're all having an absolutely fantastic day. Today's episode is actually gonna be a solo episode. I haven't recorded one of these in quite some time because I've had the honor of having some wonderful guests on on the podcasts. Um, that being said, I do want to get back to doing these solo episodes on a regular basis, maybe like once or twice a month, because they're really fun and I like to just take a deep dive on specific topics to help you guys achieve your health and fitness goals. That being said, today we are going to talk about what I call the three pillars of a healthy diet, which are essentially three rules that um, your diet must adhere to if you want to develop a healthy and sustainable diet that is not only going to help you lose weight, improve your health, but also maintain it for ideally the rest of your life, right? Before we get into it though, I want to make a very exciting announcement. So I've officially launched my own um, health and fitness coaching company where I'm going to be helping individuals lose body fat, improve muscle mass, improve health, improve overall body composition with one-on-one -on -one coaching. And the name of my company is Fit for Life Academy. I'm going to put the link down in the description below, but I'm going to be taking on another three clients for October who want to work with me directly one-on-one, -on -one, again, whose goals are around improving body composition and health, okay? If you guys have been following me for a while, you enjoy my content, you enjoy my philosophy, you enjoy my style of educating, this is a perfect opportunity to work directly with me. The link to inquire for coaching is going to be below in the description. Alternatively, you can just go to fitforlifeacademy.health slash one-on-one coaching. Again, that's probably going to be hard to find. You could just go to fitforlifeacademy.health and you'll find it on there. And that is fit for the number four lifeacademy.health, not .com. Okay. Anyways, that being said, like I mentioned, I'm going to be taking on three new clients for October. Don't worry if you miss the deadline for October um, or if you inquire and spots are full. I'm going to be taking on three to five new clients every month. All right. If you have any questions about it, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram and I'd be happy to answer any of your questions um, if you have anything you want to discuss regarding coaching. All right. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. So what is the importance of a developing a healthy and sustainable diet, right? Um, because as I'm sure you guys have heard me say and talk about a number of times, all diets can really help with losing body fat in the short term, right? But if you want to maintain your results long term, it's important that your diet is sustainable. That's the key word there, sustainability, right? 
And making sure that your diet is healthy is also important, right? Because you don't want to necessarily achieve weight loss using some sort of method that isn't healthy or isn't meeting your nutritional requirements, etc. right? So we want to make sure that our diet is both healthy and sustainable. And in order to do so, our diet should really ensure three main things, right? And those are the three pillars that I'm going to be talking about. The first thing is that your diet needs to provide or ensure that it meets your nutritional requirements, right? So we all have different nutritional requirements. Those include energy requirements, right? So your diet should be providing you the appropriate number of calories. It includes nutritional requirements like your macronutrient requirements, right? So it should be providing an adequate amount of protein, carbohydrates, and fats to help you achieve your goals. And it should be meeting your micronutrient requirements as well, which we often don't think about, right? The vitamin and mineral requirements that our body has. And again, there are several reasons why many of the most popular fat loss diets aren't really healthy, and it's because they miss some of those components, right? So the second thing that a healthy and sustainable diet should ensure is that it helps regulate hunger and satiety, right? So one of the things that people struggle with most when they're trying to lose weight is that they feel hungry all the time. They don't feel satiated. Their diet isn't satisfying because it's just not enough food. The foods that they're eating don't really promote hunger regulation. And so a healthy and sustainable diet should promote hunger and satiety regulation, okay? And the third component, or the third pillar, we should say, that is very, very, very important, and most people completely underlook, don't even think about, honestly, is that your diet should be enjoyable, right? If your diet is not enjoyable, you are not going to stick with it long term. So you shouldn't cut out all the foods that you like, because that makes it less enjoyable. You shouldn't be super restrictive. You shouldn't follow some random diet plan you saw online just because it worked for your friend, right? If it's not enjoyable to you, then you're less likely to adhere to it, which means that it's not sustainable, right? And so one important thing to talk about here before we talk about specific variables or ways to make sure that your diet ensures each of these three pillars is what are the issues with some of the most common fat loss diets, right? Because I always talk about the fact that most fat loss diets are destined to fail from the beginning, right? And the reason they're destined to fail or set up so that you do fail is that they don't really ensure these three pillars, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff missing, essentially. So if we talk about some of the most common fat loss diets, we could say a low-carb diet, a keto diet, right? For many people, one, it's not enjoyable because if you enjoy con uh, consuming carbohydrate-containing foods, which most of us do, that already disqualifies a low-carbohydrate diet, right? Or a ketogenic diet, I should say, because you're eliminating a whole food group, which makes it less sustainable because it's way less enjoyable. Aside from enjoying it, cutting out all carbohydrates makes it more difficult for your diet to meet your nutritional requirements, right? Because we should all be consuming a certain amount of carbohydrates per day. And then on top of that, carbohydrate-containing foods have certain nutrients that are hard to find in other foods, right? So carbohydrate-containing foods includes things like fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, legumes, right? All of these foods are extremely healthy for us. And following a low-carb diet and just cutting those things out is uh, a sure way essentially to not meet your nutritional needs. And that's why I'm not a fan of like a low-carb diet, right? For some people, 
they enjoy it, whatever, not that big of a deal. But for most people, it's not going to be sustainable long term. We can talk about other diets like, I don't know, I think it's pretty common for people to try and go on very low calorie diets, like a 1200 calorie diet. And that's a sure way to feel hungry all of the time. So if your diet is not helping you regulate your hunger and your satiety, you're going to feel hungry all the time, as I just mentioned, which again, it's going to make it way more difficult for you to actually adhere to your nutritional plan long term. The way you should be thinking about your diet is not, you shouldn't be thinking of it as something you're going to do for a certain period of time to achieve a certain outcome, and then you're going to do something else afterwards. Because that type of thinking is the reason why most people fail to achieve weight loss, or not really fail to achieve weight loss, but fail to maintain weight loss. Because most people achieve weight loss, again, because all of these different diets, they work in the short term, but they do not work long term. Again, because they just don't meet either one or any of these three pillars, right? So let's go ahead and talk about what your diet should actually look like, or how can you ensure that your diet meets these three requirements. Again, your diet should meet your nutritional requirements, your diet should help promote hunger and satiety regulation, and your diet should be enjoyable. Let's talk about each of these pillars individually. The first one, your diet needs to meet your nutritional needs. Nutritional needs being energy needs, macronutrient needs, and micronutrient needs. If we talk about energy needs first, we're simply just talking about calories, and this is pretty simple you shouldn't follow a very, very low calorie diet, okay? Because a low calorie diet, not, and, and it also obviously influences hunger and satiety regulation, but it's not meeting your energy needs, right? If you burn, I don't know, 2,500 calories per day, you shouldn't be on a super restricted diet that has you eating 1,500 calories per day because it's just not sustainable for your level of physical activity and there's a whole host of complications that come with following a very low calorie diet. On the flip side of that, some diets don't even talk about calories, which is crazy, right? So if you follow a diet that simply tells you eat these foods and it doesn't talk about energy balance at all, doesn't teach you about how many calories you should be consuming, that's equally as bad because you could be eating a ton of these foods and going over on your calories. And if you're going over on your calories, you're not going to be achieving your goals, whether it's fat loss, building muscle, etc. right? So your diet, in order to meet your nutritional needs, should provide an appropriate amount of calories. And if you guys are wondering how many calories you should be consuming, one, you can head to my website and download my free Nutrition for Fat Loss ebook. Again, same website, fitforlifeacademy.health. Link will be in the description. And you can listen to previous episodes that I've published like early on in the podcast talking about energy balance and all of that good stuff. Second, aside from calories... Your diet should meet your macronutrient requirements, right? Which refer to protein, carbs, and fats. Your diet should be, if you have body composition goals, should be a high-protein diet, right? So you should be consuming adequate amounts of protein. Aside from protein, carbohydrates and fats are equally important, which is why I'm not a fan of very low-carb diets or very low-fat diets. People like to argue that carbohydrates are not essential. Sure, they're not essential. You could survive if you don't eat carbohydrates, but that doesn't mean that that is an optimal way of eating, right? As I just mentioned a couple of minutes ago, carbohydrate-containing foods are incredibly important for your health. Fruits, veggies, beans, which are incredibly high in fiber, and fiber is so important for your health as well. Um, whole grains, all of these foods are high-carb foods, and so you don't want to cut them out of your diet. 
And then fats, equally important. People like to follow low-fat diets because they think if they eat fat, they're going to gain fat. And that's not true either. In reality, you shouldn't consume less than 20% of your total calories from fats because fats have very important functions for your health, hormone function. The, the list goes on, okay? So you should be consuming an adequate amount of all three macronutrients. If you are following a diet that restricts one of the macronutrients, then by definition, that is not a sustainable or healthy diet, okay? And then lastly, the, I like to talk about fiber because it's not one of the main macronutrients, protein, carbs, or fat, but fiber is a type of carbohydrates. And there's so much data showing that consuming high amounts of fiber helps reduce things like cardiovascular disease risk, helps reduce the risk of diabetes, all-cause mortality, cancer, etc. And fiber is very satiating as well. So we'll talk about fiber in the second pillar a little bit more, but it's important that your diet contains an adequate amount of fiber, right? And the reason I bring this up is because there's a rise in popularity in all of these like carnivore-ish diets that essentially tell you not to eat vegetables, not to eat beans because they contain lectins, right? Anti-nutrients, all of this bull crap. And essentially, these people are telling you not to eat foods that you should absolutely be eating if you want to live a healthier lifestyle and have a healthier, more nutritious diet. And the last thing to talk about here when it comes to meeting nutritional needs is that your diet should meet your micronutrient needs, right? And your micronutrient needs are your vitamin and mineral needs. And we won't go into every single vitamin and mineral individually because that would take forever. But what you should know is that a wider variety of foods, if you include a wider variety of foods in your diet, you are more likely to hit your micronutrient needs, which is again, why I'm not a fan of diets that recommend cutting out an entire food group, right? In general, if we look at the scientific data, individuals who have more variety in their diet are better off from a health standpoint, right? That just means include more foods in your diet, right? Include a wider variety of veggies, include a wider variety of fruits. Why? Because these different fruits all have different nutritional profiles that all contribute to your overall health. An easy way to include more nutritional or, or more nutritional diversity, more variety in your diet is to not eat just individual um, foods in your meals. And this is what I mean. Let's say you're going to be consuming some chicken, some rice, and some broccoli. Pretty typical like bro bodybuilder style meal, right? Rather than having just broccoli, you could buy like a frozen veggie mix that has five or six different veggies in there, right? You're getting more variety. You're getting a wider range of nutrients there. You, instead of the rice, you can have like a mixed grain thing, right? Where it's like quinoa and brown rice and X, something else, right? So having more nutritional diversity is a good thing. And again, I bring this up because there's so many popular weight loss diets that actually most of them approach nutrition from a restrictive perspective of like, you should be eliminating this group of foods or you should be eliminating that food group. And that simply lessens food diversity in the diets, when you should actually be trying to do the opposite and have more rather than less diversity in the diet. Okay, that's the first pillar, right? Diet should meet nutritional requirements. The second pillar is that a healthy and sustainable diet should promote hunger and satiety regulation. Why? Because if you're hungry all the time, good luck sticking to your plan right? And as we mentioned, one of the most important things there with promoting hunger and satiety is not eating too few calories. If you follow a diet that's telling you to eat 1,200 or 1,500 calories 
and you're hungry all the time, that's a pretty good sign that it's just way too restrictive, right? So the number one thing is total calories. Don't be too restrictive with your caloric intake. For most people, I recommend being three to 500 calories below maintenance, no more than that, um, because the, the greater of a deficit you create, the hungrier you're going to be. And it's just not sustainable if you're hungry all the time. Now, I published an entire episode on nutritional strategies for hunger and satiety regulation a couple of months back. So again, if you just scroll back through the episodes, you could find that if you want more in-depth information on this particular topic. But I'm just going to give you some of the general things that I talked about in that podcast on this episode here, okay? Hey guys, some of you may not know that I'm the scientific advisor for a supplement company called Outwork Nutrition. I help with the formulation of new products to help ensure that they're effective and backed by science. Unlike many other supplement companies out there, we don't rely on exaggerated claims or flashy marketing tactics. Instead, we let the science speak for itself. We take pride in formulating products that deliver real results, helping you achieve your fitness goals in a meaningful way. If you're in the market for supplements like protein powder, pre-workout, or recovery products, make sure to check us out at outworknutrition.com. And as a thank you for being an avid listener of this podcast, use code Joey for an exclusive discount at checkout. You can find the link to our website down in the description of this podcast episode. Remember, our goal is to empower you with science-backed supplements that truly make a difference. Choose Outwork Nutrition and elevate your fitness to new heights. So aside from total calories, a good, healthy, and sustainable diet should promote consuming more whole foods compared to ultra-processed foods. Why? Because whole foods are more satiating. There's so much research on this. Even if calories are the same, you're going to feel more satiated. You're going to feel less hungry if you consume more whole foods, or I should say more minimally processed foods because all foods or most foods are processed to a certain extent, right? So that means eating an orange instead of having orange juice. That means eating a banana instead of having banana bread, right? Pretty simple stuff. But if you simply just consume more whole foods and less processed foods, you're going to feel less hungry and more satiated. And the issue is that there are so many of these, again, fat loss diets who are simply trying to push a product and they say, you know, the secret is to take this powder that we have or to eat this nutrition bar that we've made. And all of these are very processed forms of food, right? So that violates one of those rules. You should be prioritizing more whole foods compared to highly processed foods. If you follow a diet that says, here are our packaged ingredients or supplements or packaged foods, and this is the diet you should follow, and it's all highly processed, and they guarantee that these foods cause weight loss for XYZ reasons, or these supplements cause weight loss for XYZ reasons, it's just a scam to grab your money, okay? Uh, a diet that is going to promote hunger and satiety regulation should be promoting eating more whole foods and less highly processed foods. Second to that is that your, your diet should be a high protein and a high fiber diet, both of those, okay? Uh, there are people on both sides of the equation there, right? Carnivores essentially tell you that all foods that have fiber, which are plant-based foods, are horrible for you, which is complete horseshit, not true, right? The opposite is true as well. There are people in the vegan community. They don't necessarily say that eating protein is bad for you, but they don't eat any animal-based foods, which again is very restrictive, and it's also by nature a lower protein diet, okay? So if you want to feel satiated and less hungry, you should be eating more protein and fiber because those two nutrients are the most satiating nutrients, okay? On a per calorie basis, if you have 100 calories of protein versus 100 calories of like refined carbohydrates or 100 calories of dietary fat, you're gonna feel fuller for longer consuming the 100 calories of protein. 
And I actually reviewed a pretty interesting study on this fairly recently where they gave different groups of individuals different snacks after their lunch, right? They all had the same lunch and then after lunch they had a snack and the snack was isocaloric. So all of these snacks had the same amount of calories. However, the difference was one was like a high protein, high fiber snack and the other were like high carb, high fat snacks. And the individuals that had the high protein, high fiber snack reported feeling fuller. And the reason why it was important is because then when they had dinner, they inherently ate, I think, like 200 less calories at dinner. So just simply having a high-protein, high-fiber snack helped them reduce their caloric intake, right? That's really the importance of focusing on these different strategies that help promote hunger and satiety regulation. And the last thing with hunger and satiety regulation that's important is having a regular meal schedule, right? So whether it is three meals a day, four meals a day, five meals a day, whatever it may be, I always, always recommend having a regular meal schedule where you eat at similar times every day. It's going to be different for everybody because everybody has a different schedule. Everybody has different preferences, etc. But having a regular meal schedule is really important because one, it helps you prepare ahead of time. So obviously taking care of your nutrition takes time and effort, right? But it helps you prepare ahead of time because you know when you're going to eat so you can prepare your meals. And two, it helps regulate your hunger and cravings throughout the day because if you eat at similar times every day, you're essentially aligning your eating patterns or accustom getting your body accustomed to the times of day that you typically eat. So you're going to feel hungry around similar times every day. And if you prepare ahead of time, it just makes it a lot easier to stay on plan, right? Whereas if you're, you have a very irregular meal schedule, like today you have breakfast, tomorrow you skip breakfast, the day after you have a really big lunch, the day after that you have a very small lunch, it's very irregular. So it makes it hard to plan for. And two, your hunger signals are going to be all over the place. You're going to feel hungry. You're going to have cravings randomly throughout the day. And it's going to be much more difficult to stay on plan. All right, that covers the second pillar, which is that a healthy and sustainable diet should help promote hunger and satiety regulation. The third pillar, and again, this one is equally important to the first two, and most people don't even consider this, is that your diet needs to be enjoyable. Now, this doesn't mean that you only eat pizza and candy and ice cream because obviously that violates the first two pillars, but you should enjoy your diet, right? We eat multiple times per day, every day, and if you don't enjoy it at all, if it's miserable, if it feels like work, if it feels like a chore, you are not going to do it long-term. And unfortunately, that's how most people feel when they follow some of these like very popular weight loss diets, right? Which is why I'm so against them. You don't have to follow a structured diet. You simply have to follow some of these rules that I'm sharing with you. But your diet needs to be enjoyable. It's not even like it's a plus if it's enjoyable. It literally has to be enjoyable in order for you to achieve success with your health and fitness, okay? So what does that mean? That means that your diet follows certain rules, some of the rules that I've been sharing, right? Appropriate number of calories, protein, fiber, regular meal schedule, all of these rules, but it is still flexible enough for you to enjoy the foods that you enjoy in moderation, right? If you like ice cream, you can have some ice cream as part of a well-balanced diet. In fact, having foods that you like is part of the plan. If you omit foods that you like altogether or try to, you're probably going to have more of them because you're actually going to crave them more often. And two, you're just going to be fighting this constant battle that you're not going to win. Okay. And again, there are so many of these popular diets that say cut out X food, cut out sugar, right? That's such a common recommendation. Cut out all sugar. Guess what? A lot of the foods that you like have some sugar. So if you don't have those foods, good luck adhering to your plan. If you're following the general rules that I've shared here, 
if you're making sure you're eating an adequate amount of calories, you're not going over on your calories, there's plenty of room for what I like to call quote unquote fun foods that increase dietary enjoyment, which ultimately increases dietary adherence. Okay. Anyways, guys, to put all of this stuff together, it's really, really, really important that you start to think about these things, right? If you're not already, if you're just getting started in your fat loss journey and your health journey, and you're trying to think of what diet you should follow, stop. Do not follow a diet. Follow general rules and frameworks. Your approach should be behavior-based, right? You should focus on the things that you should be doing and not focus on the things that you shouldn't be doing. And the things that you should be doing are some of the things that I shared in this podcast, as well as the things that I've shared in a ton of different episodes previously that I recommend you go back and listen to. But that being said, you should be focused on these general rules that contribute to overall health and improvements in body composition as well. I outlined a number of reasons as to why you shouldn't be following whatever diet you find online. And you probably have tried a couple of those already and you might have had some success with it, but you probably haven't had long-term success with it. And it's because those diets miss some of these key components or some of these pillars, right? Some of these diets prioritize some of these pillars and not others. Many of them do not prioritize the enjoyment factor whatsoever. I remember I was working with a client and one of the things that she struggled with was ice cream specifically. And she mentioned that every time she tried to lose weight, she failed because she couldn't keep herself from eating ice cream. And we had a conversation about this and she would try to avoid ice cream at all costs and she just couldn't, right? And she thought it was an issue with willpower and it's not an issue with willpower. It's like, it's well documented. If you try to restrict something altogether, it's a lot harder to actually restrict it. And one of the things that I told her, I was like, how about we just have a little bit of ice cream every day? You can have hundred calories or 150 calories worth of ice cream every day. And it helped so much, right? Because she just had a little bit of ice cream. She didn't feel compelled to overconsume it because she knew that she was going to have a little bit more the next day as well. We fit it within her overall caloric needs and she started making some really great progress towards her goals. Oftentimes, people don't fail to achieve their goals due to lack of effort. Oftentimes, people fail to achieve their goals because they're simply just using a plan or a blueprint or a map that's not the right guide to get them to where they want to get to, right? So, Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast episode so far. If you don't really, or if you haven't really thought about any of, or one or any of these pillars, really critically think about your diet and what it's missing and how you can start incorporating some of these pillars into your diet so that you have greater dietary adherence and you achieve your health and fitness goals. As always, thank you guys for listening and I'll catch you in next week's episode.